0: This is Derek Harp, the founder and chairman of CSA and the host of the CSA podcast show. And I've got another uh, great guest today in my series of uh, interviewing cybersecurity uh, leaders in the OT or or control system space. And today I've got Khalid Ansari, Senior Engineer of Industrial Control Cybersecurity at FM Approvals uh, in in Boston. He, in in addition to being uh, a longtime contributor to the OT control system cybersecurity community, he is a father and a husband and an engineer, a programmer, a coder, as he would say, He's a lifetime learner, an avid reader, and a uh, struggling skier, to use his words, uh, outdoor enthusiast uh, as well. So thank you for uh, all you do in the community, and welcome to the show, Khalid.
1: Thank you, Derek. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, uh, Khalid, I know you, you know the show format. You've, you and I have talked about some of the episodes, and so you know I always like to, to joke that security people are modern-day superheroes, and all superheroes have a backstory. So let's go all the way back to uh, you know, where were you born, where do you come from?
1: Sure. So I uh, grew up in a, in a small city in, in southern India, and I did my uh, you know, initial schooling and high school over there, and also um, graduated from my Bachelor of Engineering degree from there.
0: And, and always curious, uh, everybody's been on the show, and now we have more and more international uh, participants, which is great, uh, people who are still living overseas or were overseas. Yeah. Obviously, you've yeah. lived in a lot of places, I know. Uh, in addition to the United States and in addition to India, uh, other places as well. Um, yeah. But if we go all the way back, do you remember, uh, you know, any any technology intersection with your young person life, you know, before, uh, before going off to school? Or is that something that happened when you went off to, to additional schooling?
1: Yeah, so, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough that uh, during my high school, my dad, uh, who used to work abroad, um, got me a... a, a you know commodore 500 at the time and um, so that was uh, was really you know something new and and uh, you know it really got me into technology and then i started learning you know basic or commodore basic at the time and uh, yeah so that was my first exposure and then you know we got uh, atari game set and you know the usual from the, the 80s yeah yeah
0: commodore commodore was my yeah. uh, you know my yeah. first thing as well my brother had one and, uh, came a couple years behind him and he yeah. was taking his apart and modifying it so yeah i yeah. guess yeah. a certain age that's the that was the those were the machines weren't they yeah yeah true so what did you decide to to go off and uh, you know i'm also curious just did you do any any kind of work as a young person
1: um i i did uh tutor, you know, uh, some very, you know, informally, uh, some families who were new to computers. So I did that in in college. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So that could, you know, you can say that was my first, you know, paid job. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: What did you go to study? Uh,
1: So I, um, I did my undergrad at, uh, as I said, and in in India, and I um, studied uh, instrumentation, engineering. Uh, so I did uh, instrumentation engineering and then right after that um, I did my master's in control systems and this was from Liverpool in the
0: UK. Yeah, so control systems, okay. that's my other question obviously is where technology intersects and where control systems intersect. Control systems yeah. intersect with your life right right there in your schooling. Yes, yes, right from the beginning. <laughs> and uh, And I know you went on to do... You you added uh, an an MBA to that, and you did that in the United States. So education in Uh, India, UK, and here, uh, and then uh, uh, so you've got sort of different different educational experiences in three different three different parts of the world.
1: Right, that's right. So yeah, right after my Master of Science, I did my MBA, and this time uh, in the US.
0: Um,
1: Yeah, so one after another. So yeah, probably something I would you know do it differently now given a you know, second chance, but yeah.
0: Well, let's talk about that. I think that's something that sometimes comes out in these interviews are things that you you know, the guests say, you know, this is something I did. And I'm really glad I did. And other times they say, this is something I would do differently. And I think our listeners have said, you know, they learn a lot from each of you in, in both ways that you can share. So I'm curious what your thought process, you know, is around what you would do differently there.
1: Right. So, um maybe not as as much as uh, you know my master's uh, in control systems that that was fine, but I felt uh, I could have benefited more from my MBA if I had done it after working for a while um, uh, you know doing it right after my master's um, although you know it was useful but i'm I'm pretty sure it would have been much better if I had worked in the industry for a while and then gone back and got my MBA.
0: Yeah, I've I've heard that. Um, in the sort of like you have a different application when you've been out quote unquote in the real world and you come back to. Think. Yes, I've heard that before. Yeah. From people who've shared that that sort of yeah. thing. Um, yeah. well, what did you do first when you graduated? Um, from that last set of educational opportunities, what what was next?
1: So it's funny that uh, even though you know I was doing MBA, I was very much into control systems and um, you know, during the. 90s if you recall you know we had the bulletin boards and uh, i was very active in you know on, on the control systems bulletin board and um, after a few months you know while i'm still doing my mba i, I get a call um, you know one morning from a gentleman who says you know i've been seeing your posts and uh, you know activity on this bulletin board and uh, you know will you be interested in in joining, uh, National Instruments. Now they are they are looking for you know, engineers, control systems yeah. So that's how I I um, got uh, my first uh, real job, uh, professional job, as an applications engineer at National Instruments
0: in Texas. So that so that was you could see in the United States or in the Great Republic of of, of Texas. Another geographic <laughs> experience. Right, right. <laughs> right right that's true yeah. um, okay um and so, so at that point what kind of what kind of control systems uh work you know were you doing and i'm assuming uh security not not really you know coming up yet
1: that's correct yeah so yeah, yeah there was no security at the time at least not you know uh, in my job description Yeah. so it was uh, really applications engineering which is you know as you know um support you know technical support pre sale support and uh, um, so I was doing um, basically supporting National Instruments um, SCADA and HMI package called Lookout, um, and uh, it was quite popular at the time, especially in the wastewater industry. So I was supporting that, and then of course their flagship product, which is LabVIEW, and also hardware, you know, data acquisition hardware and uh, control
0: controllers as well so contextually also uh, for our listeners we're talking you, for 25 years you've been in control systems not counting education you've been in 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 the field for 25 years in in control systems then that is right yes yeah so, so
1: yeah so i started uh, off as an applications engineer or just let's say you know technical support which was really good uh, to for me to you know to learn the products and then i moved into the software development team and started you know developing the the SCADA for national instruments
0: okay what was uh, what, what was next after that
1: so so I, I did that for a while and then we moved to canada right um, just hmm. a little bit colder
0: checking yeah. off another
1: country <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so we moved to canada and then uh, there i um, i joined uh, ge uh, ge FANUC. And um, again, I did applications engineering, project engineering for them uh, for a very short time and moved to a, another uh, company, systems integration company this time called Advanced Measurements. And uh, we did a lot of exciting work at that company, uh, basically uh, automating um, oil service rigs, you know, like the, the fracking trucks and the coil tubing trucks and all of that. So we uh, installed, uh, programmed, and installed control systems on these uh, trucks. So,
0: yeah. And uh, then after that, I think another another big recognizable brand name. So you checked off GE. Yeah. To yeah. Another, another big OEM, Yokogawa, right?
1: Right. So yeah. So after um, that, I joined Yokogawa, and um, because I wanted to get into more, you know, process automation, and uh, so um, you know. Uh, Worked for Yokogawa as a a, you know project engineer, uh, did programming of their DCS and SIS, SIS or safety instrumented systems um, for a good while. You know, got my uh, functional safety engineering certification while with them, Um, and it was uh, at that time around you know late 2000s, uh, which is when you know Stuxnet happened, and I. uh, Really got interested in cybersecurity
0: at that time. That's when it intersects, uh, that that line. Right, right. I think that's a time that's pretty common, sort of event time frame where a lot of people, you know, where that starts to uh, merge. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah, it
1: was was, uh, really, you know, it really piqued my interest because, um, you know, until then, you know, everybody assumed that, you know, PLCs were sort of unhackable, untouchable, right? So yep. this sort of dis- disrupted that whole whole notion and uh, really got me curious. Um, yeah, that planted.
0: Yeah. I guess Do you remember the, anything? Uh, anything from that era? Any particular sort of cybersecurity story that uh, pops to mind from that era?
1: So well, even before that, I remember the um, you know the, the worm which um, uh, had had uh, wreaked havoc, like you know infecting the IT systems. Uh, I think it was called the I Love You. Virus, right? Um, That was uh, that was interesting, and it was it's funny because I still actually have that. I mean, a copy of that. It was just a you know VBS file, right? And um, uh, I I could open it and read through how it went through the folders, looking for JPEG files and deleting them, and um, yeah. So so that was uh, was an interesting uh, story, and uh, and soon after. you know, um, such that happened, I moved to Middle East to, to Qatar. And um, and now I wanted to, you know, get like a real uh,
0: asset owner experience, which was, you know, missing in my portfolio, I guess. So you, I, you have, I, I must admit, you know, you, I know we, we've talked about it and you, you, you know how many people have been on the show. You have one of the most diverse education in three countries, jobs in three countries, jobs in, or maybe four. <laughs> You know, different verticals. You know, yes. supplier and user. You've got one of the diverse backgrounds. Uh, it's it's pretty
1: awesome. Yeah. So the, yeah, that was. Uh, I was always looking forward to you know working as an asset owner, and uh, the, then an opportunity popped up. So we moved to Qatar, and uh, you know, just a little bit warmer uh, than Canada, Calgary. Yeah. So uh, uh, and. Um, there i was uh, i started off as an automation and mes engineer so basically it was uh, its um, an aluminum uh, smelter uh, a 24 by 7 production plant as you know you know an aluminum smelting uh, just cannot stop right because uh, once you stop the whole molten liquid freezes and you, know, you have uh, a lot of like millions of dollars of expense uh, fixing that. So it's it's a it's a continuous as in like a literally continuous process, cannot be stopped. So that was a really good experience. Um, and uh, again, like I said, my my job description did not say cybersecurity even then. But I you know by the time uh, had realized that you know this is something I really want to get into, and this will be the future as well so I started you know learning on the side and um, I obviously you know uh, joined CSA at the time and then have uh, started listening to your webinars and uh, um, I joined ISC 99 uh, as, as a volunteer and started attending their uh, meetings it was um, again because it wasn't part of my job I couldn't uh, do it during daytime and it, Worked out really well because you know, most of the things happened here in the U.S. during the daytime, and which was evening for me. And you know, right. although I had to sacrifice a little bit of family time, but it yes. was, it was it worked out well.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. You know, I'm 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 already curious. You know, wait, you know what? Maybe we should finish the the, the, the training. You could talk. You came back to the United yeah. States, of Boston, for now for right. a couple of years. Um, yes. And, I'm going to ask you sort of your geographical perspective on all this because you've been in different places. But so what are, you, what are you doing now?
1: So right now, I'm a senior engineer with FM Approvals. And you know, as uh, our listeners who are in the process automation uh, you know, will recognize the FM Diamond for uh, you know, certified uh, products in, for use in hazard, hazardous locations. So uh, FM has been doing this for uh, testing and certification of products for a very long time, um, you know, 100 plus years. But they wanted to start uh, cybersecurity certification of uh, ICS and OT products. And uh, that's when they um, you know, started uh, looking for someone and I was you know, fortunate enough to join them and sort of uh, lead this uh, team in, in developing this cybersecurity program. At approvals. So we are now, or my team now, is uh, basically certifies ICS and OT products for conformance to the 62443 standards.
0: Yeah, that's, that's. Um, I don't know how you, you know, what, what, what can you describe as far as um, adoption of that sort of thing? I mean, it's that's a great um, sort of emerging area. Some years ago, nobody would be doing anything like that. Um, is that, daunting task or one that's like, nope, totally, totally doable. Or, you know, is it emerging? You know, where, where in the maturity is that sort of thing? So it's, um, I think it's, it's, it's still a little early.
1: Um, I, I, that's what we, have, we are seeing. But um, again, um, you know, with the, with the growing adoption of the 62443 standards, we are seeing more and more uh, you know asset owners demanding in the, in their, you know, Proposals and the request for proposals for certified products. Yeah, because that you know makes their uh, adoption of 62443 in their facility much easier. So, so we are seeing this uh, this this grow uh, you know, slowly but surely.
0: Yeah, that makes that makes sense. So, going to your great geographical diversity, what can you say about cybersecurity for control systems from a around the world perspective? you know, it's a global issue as far as I can tell from our, you know, all the people right. i talk talked to in the data, you know, and I'm always interested in regional differences, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, government right. approaches are different, programs are right. different, you know, but, right. but it is a global problem. There's someone in every country who cares about this. They're not all supported in the same way. You know, what can you, what color can you give to this problem across the world?
1: Right. Um, so yeah, so, um, so in the Middle East and, um, you know, I worked in, in Qatar and uh, they um, have a, a real sense of, um, you know, urgency in, in increasing their security posture just because of the number of attacks they have already seen in the past. Yeah. Uh, and and, and I, I feel there's a lot more, um, you know, from the government and regulations point of view um, happening over there. Um, so, for example, you know, the, the you know, Qatari government came back, you know, a few years after, you know, the Shamoon virus was, uh, you know, was discovered um, and also uh, you know, infected one of their uh, entities that, you know, everything should be, uh, you know, they came out with the national standard, IC, national ICS standard and said, you know, every government entity, um, which is basically all process automation uh industry in the country would uh, have to conform to that um, national uh,
0: standard by a certain date so um every you re- i want to make sure i understood that a whole category of companies or you know of multiple categories you all have to get to this you all have to comply you all have to as long as they are
1: owned by the state okay okay yeah, yeah. so not just uh, you know petrochemical but also like our company uh, the the aluminum smelters
0: yeah 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 so yeah and so that's probably not uh as common from a geography perspective there's not a lot there may be some other places potentially some other places in the middle east i can imagine having similar posture but this sort of hey you all have to be you all have to comply with this is not uniform around the world right right that's correct yeah so so um I think the the
1: the threat is um, much more. You uh, know, at least the perceived threat is much much more immediate. I believe over there.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, here's a question people always ask about the role of of, of regulation and, and, and government. And there's people who are for it, and there's uh-huh. against it, and there's a lot of people in the middle saying it's uh-huh. got to, It needs to probably happen, and it moves people forward that might not in commercial sector might not choose to move forward. You know, what's your view? in that environment when it was like mandated, you're all going to get to this, you know, these companies are all have to get to this level. Good thing, bad thing, mix of both.
1: I think I think it's a mix of both. So um, it's, um, you know, depends on how the industry reacts. Right? If in the beginning there are only the guidelines and the industry is, you know, uh, it's listening and, and reacting to that, then Usually, you know, the government doesn't have to step in and 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 uh, come down with a regulation, right? But if the, the industry is, is slow uh, in in, in uh, you know bringing themselves up to speed and uh, or meeting the guidelines and doing the right uh, things, then I think at you know at some point the government would probably feel necessary to to bring down a regulation.
0: So, um, do you yeah, see so more think, of that coming or less? Do you think there'll be more? Well,
1: I, I think, I think uh, you know, as you know, I'm sure you've uh, you've seen in the news, you know, there's more and more of uh, hints at you know regulations, more regulations coming down the down the
0: road. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, that that's my interpretation. I was curious if that was yours that there's just going to be more and um, yeah. 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 Good, good, bad, and ugly. We'll have different complications <laughs> depending. Right. right. Um, all right. Well, so along this, so you know, your journey, are there any sort of um, moments or stories or things you were thinking about? You know, sometimes I phrase it, if you were sitting down with your younger self uh, uh-huh. 20 years ago, you know, what advice would you give um, give yourself back then? Right. Knowing, so- knowing what you know now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. A couple of things. Like I said, one of the things is I probably would not have done in my, all my three degrees, you know, right,
0: one after another, right? So that's valuable for anybody who's listening and, and maybe they've got some degree work done and they're thinking about doing more degree work or go out. Your stance is right. go out, go out and get some experience. Might not even yes. have a super long time, but get some and then go back for the additional education. That's your stance on this I'm right exactly yes and of course
1: you know circumstances will be different and you know in my case i had to but um, but but given a second chance you know uh, i would do that differently okay. yeah and uh, the other thing is from technical point of view um, you know as as you i guess you know now that i've always been in control systems and uh, i wish i had a little more exposure to general it and networking early on in my career um, I had to pick it up later on, um, more you know, from security point of view. Um, but that's something I could, uh, you know, I wish I had done earlier. Like you know, and if I, you know, I have to give advice to a to a younger uh, you know engineer, I would say you know, go you know, get your Network Plus certification
0: as your first certification before so you dive into. Not necessarily hey. go get a degree, but yeah. add some educational content. Exactly. Maybe you know, certifications to add that to your journey, but if it's not, right. yeah, that 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 makes yeah. sense. I mean, people often ask, you know, where do the best OT cyber people come from? It's it's debated on panels and conferences, and you know, it, it just comes up all the yes. time. Are they engineers that add some cyber? Are they cyber people that add some engineering? Right. You know, I've heard right. it all. I'd say the waiting, hiring managers, if I had to say on average, what they would tell me is probably somebody with an engineering background that 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 adds. Uh, IT and uh, IT-based knowledge, security, cybersecurity, networking, that sort of thing, adds that to their portfolio of knowledge. Uh, they would yes. prefer prefer probably somebody from that direction. But the truth is, we have so many job openings, people can come from anywhere, but they're going to need to add a mm-hmm. fusion, right? These the roles yes, yes. are a fusion of knowledge from more than one discipline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. What what you you mentioned one particular thing. Are there any particular things people ask? Well, what, what could I go out and get? Maybe maybe mention some things like go out and get this or go out and study this yeah. or uh, right. anything like that that you would you would mention for people.
1: Yeah, so you know uh, I mean normally I see uh, you know certifications as as of course as important when it comes to you know you know recruitment and all of that. But uh, personally, I see that as as a goal uh, that'll help me learn the topics. So if I were to you know say okay, I'm going to learn networking this year then i may learn a few things may you know slack off but if i say you no know, i'm going to get my network plus uh certain certification this year or you know by i don't know july of this year then i'm, I'm more motivated and i'm still learning uh, but you know i have a goal and i have uh, I'm, I'm motivated to finish that so so I, I i recommend you know i mean personally that's worked for me uh, so so that's something, you know, start off, if you're, if you're coming from uh, control systems background, maybe look at network plus, then security plus, and then, you know, GICSP, of course. Um, and, um, I mean, if you're coming from uh, IT side, then there are similar, you know, certs like ISA 62443, and then there is the ISA uh, CAP or Certified Automation Professional. Uh, that's something, uh, you know, just to... Set a goal so that you can you can prepare and learn at the same time.
0: I, I like the way you shared that because certifications are also a big debate too. And there's sometimes some um, already qualified people that are maybe a little down on certifications. But what you said was important. It's a framework. Yeah, and yeah, I think exactly. that, you know, yes, there are people who have overplayed, especially maybe earlier career people who have overplayed. I have these certs, e- you know, equals I'm an expert, and that might not be the case. No. But Using them as a discipline framework, like if I move through these to, you know, it forces these sorts of processes, and it demonstrates that I did those. You know, I think uh, makes a lot of sense, and that would be useful yeah. for m- many, if not most, people out there. It's like, well, what do I do next? Right. One of the things can move you through it. Just don't over. I think the advice I've heard from hiring managers is don't overplay your hand when interviewing. Of like, you see these research that equals I'm I'm a yeah. you know I'm a cyber ninja. Right. Well, maybe right. maybe. Right. <laughs> Yeah.
1: yeah right right no i i know i personally see them as more of a you know a, a learning path yeah so yeah,
0: yeah. i like and, that and, you
1: know, because you know obviously there's so much material and everything is structured and um so
0: yeah yes yeah. uh, anything anything else um uh, that you would recommend and do you think you know for people who who have the opportunity or can pursue the opportunity of of, of doing you know moving geographies and having some other international experience do you think that's been valuable to your um, to your perspective today on this problem,
1: I think um, it, it's definitely you know um, it's becoming less of an of an issue now you know with all the you know the global and the remote work and so on. But but you know early on I think it was a good experience to you know, to work in a different culture you know learn from you know different um, you know, people from different backgrounds. Um, but I think I think that's probably not as big of an issue nowadays. Um, and one other thing that I wanted to uh, mention in uh, Derek is that you know for for younger professionals is to to get involved in uh, in committees you know volunteer your time, especially for your know, standards committees or uh, you know uh, like you know CSA or other organizations you know volunteer your time that way you're not only you know giving back but also you know, learning from everyone else. Uh, Sure. Like I've I've personally learned so much from being part of the ISA 99 committees and just you know just listening into the discussions um,
0: you know uh, it, it's really a, a very valuable experience. Let's talk about that. Let's dive a little deeper yeah. on that because it, it, we do get the question all the time. I do of you know what what do I do first? What do I do next? How do I break mm-hmm. the industry? Whatever. It's what all that? this sort of what move should I make next or series of moves and this idea of you need to already be an expert to volunteer on one of these committees? You know, I think some right. people think that, they're like, well, what could I add right. to it? Right. Like, how does one go about doing it? And, and, uh, and what level of expertise or knowledge does one need to already have before being able to join one of those committees?
1: Right. So, yeah, so you, you don't have to have, uh, you know, very detailed or technical knowledge or be an expert at any, uh, you know, any topic to, to join these committees. Uh, there's several of them, so you know, pick which you know um, suits your interest or what you're learning, um, yeah, you know, at that point in time. And you don't have to be an expert. You can say, you know, I just wanted to, you know, get involved, see what's going on. Maybe I'll be able to contribute. Maybe I won't. But then you join these, you know, weekly or most of them are bi-weekly uh, meetings, and then you discuss the the the, you know, the updates to the standards or. The, you know what's what's uh, new and missing and uh, you know the the comments received uh, on a particular draft and how to resolve those and because there is so much knowledge in the in the rest of the you know committee members that that it's very it's very difficult to i guess capture that in a training course or from books.
0: Yeah, it's a different dimension. So I, I've also heard that the, the, on those committees, not only is there opportunity for sort of a new, a different type of knowledge acquisition than a course mm-hmm. or a, cert, it's a, it's right. a different interaction, different absorption uh, model. It's also part of building a quality network. You're working alongside other peers and some of those relationships from, from last, you know, in-depth for years, having been mm-hmm. on a committee together. And that's mm-hmm. an important dimension, too, in our community is sort of building out one's network. That's the way to do it. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, no, that's
1: very true. And um, um, you know, yeah, ICS is still a very you know, small community, right? And relatively speaking, compared to other other yeah, things. things, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's uh, you know important to build those relationships and uh, you know learn from each other.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that's. I'm glad that came up because I think that's a that's an easy plug-in for for uh, a lot of people. And even let's say experienced senior engineers who now mm-hmm. want to have cyber added, you know, so they're not necessarily, they're not necessarily early in their career path, but they're added, they want to merge into this path. Join one of these committees is a great way to, to, yeah. to yeah. it's not just an entry level person sort of application either. No, right, exactly, that's good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and my personal yeah. belief and, and, and sort of what I hear from everybody sort of synthesizing is, between these problems, it's best if there are these different kinds of experts working together on a committee or on a, you yeah. know, because they bring these very different disciplines together, and right. uh, so anybody who's been long in one of those verticals can come, and then working in conjunction with people who come from other, you know, other other backgrounds, right. something something significant be, can be accomplished. There, where you yeah. know, where a, a totally homogenous yeah. group, a bunch of chemical engineers working on solving a yeah. yeah. problem, it's it's not well rounded enough.
1: That's right. That's a that's a very good point, and and also you know, fresh ideas, right? So if you have you know yeah. younger professionals coming in with with in newer ideas. That that's something you know. You know. You no. Know, usually standards are blamed to be you know very slow moving and you know catching up all the time. So we need we need younger you know, professionals to come in with their new ideas and and and, and you know, help out uh, and, and make them up to date and you know, more relevant.
0: Yeah. 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 Makes makes sense. Um, anything on um, sort of how you know mentorship has that played a role in your your journey giving or receiving
1: right so yes um so the gentleman who you know who called me you know that i guess fateful morning uh, after observing my posts on the forum he was my first mentor and and a really good uh, mentor we are still you know uh, very good friends um and i've been fortunate to have a couple more, you know, such mentors uh, while you know I was in, in Canada, uh, who guided me and you know just being around to you know bounce ideas off and you know, um, you know, career-wise, profession-wise, yeah. So I've um, now as far as as uh, being a mentor, I've uh, I do it very informally. You know, I don't I'm not part of any formal uh, mentor-mentee program, but I do have. Um, if you uh, you know friends or individuals whom I sort of guide them and you know keep in checking on them, just to you know make sure that they know that I'm available and if if there is anything that I can help with, yeah.
0: I think it's interesting, how you said your sort of first one came about. You just yeah. you were providing, uh, I would suspect, some some sort of a quality commentary on uh, okay. in an online venue. Yeah, and
1: yeah.
0: That's where it came yeah. from.
1: Yes, exactly. And, and that's something I know that's maybe the, the other thing I would recommend, you know,
0: uh,
1: uh, people who are trying to get into uh, our uh, field is to, to be active in these, you know, forums. So, you know, SANS has a forum and uh, you know, on SkaterSec and, uh, you know, be active and, and there's no, uh, you know, there's no like you know, wrong question, right? You feel free to ask and, and learn from each other.
0: Yeah, yeah. Good good advice. Another another great way to plug uh plug into the into the environment. Uh, well anything uh you know, as we're sort of nearing the end of our discussion, there's so many things we can talk about. I'm always curious, I mean, what do you what are you excited about in the future what do you see ahead? And um, you know, and, and what do you think are you know are either our biggest you know, you can be also what's our biggest challenge today in your in your eye and if you have an eye you know, any ideas of how we might overcome it, you know any of that kind of
1: thing. All right. So um I think it's um I'm actually you know more than looking forward to you know some you know shiny new technology and I'm, I'm looking forward to a time when you know we go back to the basics and and do the things right so what I mean here is that you know uh, because of the way i c s and o t has evolved over the years um, we haven't paid you know a lot of attention to security um you know uh, you know we needed connectivity, so we added that and uh, things became you know more more modern and advanced without without security in you know being uh, part of it so what I'm really looking forward to and i think this is this is happening now is for product manufacturers to go back and and really look at security as as one of the the goals when when designing and you know Building products, and also from the asset owners' point of view, to you know going, you know, stepping back and looking at uh, more you know engineering-based you know controls. So uh, like you know it's being called you know consequence-driven cybersecurity and whatnot. Basically, making sure that you know you have enough uh, you know controls in place. Uh, engineering controls, which let you at least run your plant in a degraded mode when there is an incident. And, and so uh, it's not all about, you know, being you know, hyper connected and everything that, that, that will happen. Uh, but also at the same time, you should be able to go back and, and you know, go into a degraded mode if an incident happens. So I think that's something um, we are seeing more and more. You know, people are promoting more and more uh, uh, this concept, and uh, I think that that's something I think it's really important and needed for uh, our industry. And you must have heard the recent news that a, you know a mill in Canada, sorry, a mining uh, site in Canada was shut down just because the IT side was infected. Um, I mean, I'm sure you know there were a lot of dependencies. Uh, on, you know, from OT into the IT systems, which which uh, made them shut down. But that's that you know something I think uh, we'll have to look at in the future.
0: Yeah, yeah how, how, what kind of report card would you give manufacturing? You know the OEMs in general. Are we making progress? I mean, clearly the legacy is, and no fault of anyone, security wasn't part of the design. Right. Exactly. Right. The knowledge so, that there needs to be more of that is not incredibly new. I mean, we have certainly right. there's some pioneers that have been talking about this for longer than a decade for sure. You know, yeah. some people for two decades, but where are we now? Are, do you think, you know, without naming any particular brand, do you think as a, as a whole, are, are we, are, are, are OEM stepping up?
1: I think they are. And and especially the, the you know, the bigger players, you know, the old timers are, are definitely stepping up. You know, uh, I would say, you know, quite a few of them have really good, you know, security programs. They have the, you know, P-search or the product, uh, you know, Security engineers, um, and um, but at the same time, I'm a little concerned with the with the smaller um, and newer companies who, you know, are essentially you know, sort of you know, doing things at a at a very fast pace, not realizing the consequences. So, for example, you know, taking a Raspberry Pi and putting it into a plastic enclosure and calling it a P- PLC, right? So um, I think we'll have to be, we have to be careful, uh, you know, of how that will turn out.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, internet of things, industrial internet of things, Uh, you know, brand new manufacturers producing new stuff with no discipline whatsoever. Yeah, it's it's sort of different than the the large, well-known global, you know, global 50, 100 year old companies producing these things. There's so many new ones now and those things inserted in different places it is it is a whole different sort of landscape isn't it it did it is yeah yeah well uh thank you so much for coming and sharing uh your journey any any you know parting words of uh, of wisdom you want to share with uh, with the with the community
1: well um, I guess i I mean I just want to encourage everyone to you know um, keep keep learning keep going it's an exciting field and you know if there is anything I can do uh, reach out to me and uh, I'm on, on, on LinkedIn and uh, I'm sure you can have my email as well uh, as part of the show notes if you want to. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you for that. I, I think that echoes something that is, is is certainly confirmed over and over and over again about our community and uh, it's an approachable community and a lot of people who are willing to help and be uh, be open and uh, you you know, you're, you're, you made the point right there. Um, and so thank you for, for that. I think that's a That's a positive. Our community. Not all communities seem to be as um, uh, as willing to help. People just need to ask, right? I think that's something for earlier stage folks is you'd be surprised. Just ask, and uh, if you're if you're thoughtful about your request for information or knowledge or mentorship or advice, Mm -hmm. a lot of people will respond to you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Pretty pretty awesome. Well, uh, I lead. We've come to uh, my one of my favorite parts of the show, which is sort of my ending. And I was where I borrow from uh, another show, which borrowed from yet another show. So I think this thing's been decades old, and it's the uh, uh, the the, um, the uh, actors inside the actors' studio questionnaire. It was called the uh, the Beau questionnaire. It was a French show that the um, James Lipton borrowed it, I guess, from the French show and used it for many decades interviewing uh, actors and actresses on the the stage uh, at the acting school in New York, where he was the dean and. So I, I'm just using the exact same questionnaire with no changes uh, that he used for decades that uh, yeah. you could be 50 years old for all I know. Um, if you're up for it, we'll, we will. Uh, I'll ask you the, uh, the questions. Sure. Let's do it. All right. What is your favorite yeah. word? Let's do it. <laughs> what is your least favorite word? Can't do it. What turns you on either creatively, spiritually or emotionally?
1: Mm, Well, um, I like the outdoors, so green spaces and, uh, I guess, snow-capped mountains.
0: What turns you off? People whining. What is your favorite curse word? I
1: I normally don't swear, but, oh, great, is, I guess, what I always say.
0: (laughs) What sound or noise do you love? Um... Water
1: flowing in a stream.
0: What sound or noise do you hate? The screeching of brakes. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt?
1: It's probably a little late, but I would have loved to join the Mythbusters team.
0: <laughs> what profession would you like to not do?
1: Um, I don't know how you know tax accountants do it.
0: And if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Well, uh, you you did your best. Welcome aboard. All right, thank you, Khalid. I'm sorry, senior engineer, at industrial cybersecurity uh, at FM Approvals, 25 year control systems engineer, and uh, and uh, great contributor to our community and uh, active member of CSA uh, so thank you for everything you do and for for coming on the show and and being uh, so willing to help uh, help others.
1: Thank you Derek thank you for having me and thank you CSA for you know everything that you do uh, in, in promoting our uh, community and and especially uh, you know the learning and the learning of opportunities that you provide to the young professionals. Thank you.